the year is 1608 the tiny cramped office space was something where you never imagined you would work at when you were hired for the job you were promised a steady flow of work timely promotions and incentives but it's been over 3 years and nothing has gone to plan the external resistance has led to the company not being able to set hold in any part of east india and the internal conflicts are leading the company to near bankruptcy something needs to change you think to yourself as you continue making a copy of the abysmal financial records for the month just as you were finishing up your duties for the day your colleague comes running through the door panting like a dog that has run a marathon did you hear he asked excited hear what you dart back we have finally set foot in east india he responded with sparkling eyes you take a moment to process what he just said we finally made it after all these years we have finally made a breakthrough where did we land in the western port of surat we have struck up a deal with the locals to set up a port there you know what this means to you and the company it may be a small start but you know what the potential it holds you slam the desk in happiness your eyes widen with hope you go back to your world of imagination without uttering a word as your colleague stands at the door with a confused stare The British East India Company had a humble beginning. They faced tough competition from the Portuguese and the Dutch who were in the Indian subcontinent way before the British did. But their ambitions were neither tiny nor humble. They wanted to conquer the world and they were ready to take any measures to achieve this. With their military, political and trade tactics, they were able to expand like no other colonial empire could. And at its peak, it is said that the sun never set in the British Empire. In this episode of Writer and Geek, we will be covering the events that led to British ruling India for over 300 years and how it impacted the colony.
to start with none of the colonial empires they had india directly in their mind you know when it came to like coming and trading they actually had eyes on southeast asian countries like indonesia philippines malaysia to go there and trade mostly uh, in textiles so that was the commodity that they were looking for at first but then india happened in the process i am surprised with i mean there are two ways of looking at it they might not have looked at india specifically because india was not india at that time right yeah. there was no country called india as such india was a combination of many princely states fighting against each other and all so there was not one united india that could be one reason second thing i am surprised is that they i think europe was already trading with india at this point right uh, even textiles and stuff what i've heard is this kanchipuram silks and some silk from india was very popular in uh, european countries so mm. i think the trade was already there maybe that might be one of the reasons that the focus was not entirely on india they wanted to explore more of uh, southeast asia and other areas yeah to be honest i was surprised to know that uh, the the western powers they had started trading with india like a few years before the moguls you know they came yes, and uh, yes. started their empire in india so the portuguese were here in 1490s and the mogal they set up uh, their empire in india in 1520s that is power came to india right. 1525 yeah. i think but in comparison to all these other empires like portuguese and dutch the british were a little late mm. to come to india like the french so during the late uh, 16th century they were like okay the portuguese and dutch are making a lot of money out of their trade with southeast asia a few traders came together they formed a union they were like okay we'll ask for uh, permission to trade with east asia and it was not until 1600s the first queen elizabeth she gave a charter for the british traders to start trading with uh, india and southeast asia so a charter is basically a contract which is uh, signed to like give them permission and all the mm-hmm. funding and stuff to like go and trade there right so um they set sail in 1600 but uh, it was not until 1608 they were able to set uh, foot in india and they did that in surat um, one of the you know major ports port in city. india they didn't set up a fort there they mm-hmm. had a trading post they were just able to trade there but uh, they didn't have the power to like store um, you know goods or just set up set up a mm-hmm. fort and all that because uh, they were pretty new to that new to india compared yes, to other colonial powers setting up a fort is seen more as a military action it's not a part of your trade or anything it's more about if you are planning to have a military outpost and if you are pl- planning to conquer and all that kind of stuff so i don't think that the moment you set foot in india you would end up setting up a fort or something right yeah so they set foot in 1608 but they didn't set up a fort till uh, 1696 yeah that is when slowly they would have started realizing that you know there is more to india than just trading yeah and, that too and also like they had tough competitions from mm-hmm. other colonial countries right. like uh, the portuguese and dutch yeah that's basically how it starts right when there is there are other co- countries coming in then they start forming alliances with indian indian lords and uh, princes and then they nawabs st- and rulers yeah, yeah then they start campaigning against those other foreign powers to prevent them from taking the natural resources and stuff like that and slowly indians end up losing their power yeah so what the british they did was like they used little bit of political games and stuff unlike portuguese and dutch they used to like kind of stay away from administration mm. 
uh, how the rulers nawabs and all ruled uh, the the princely states right. so these guys meddle with uh, things administration and <laughs> that's how they got into like you know that that uh, kind of into cl- a better trading position with india yeah that shows a clear intention right i mean probably dutch and portuguese they didn't have the intention of conquering india and you know they just had the intention of com- continuing with the trade uh, maintain good trade relationships between india build their businesses and stuff but i feel somewhere after britishers came to india they might have thought that if we can access the entire natural resources and all the other stuff that india has it would be better for the expansion of in british empire as such yeah so as said earlier they didn't they only had a trading post they only had trading posts mm. in india and uh, it was not until 1661 that they were able to set up a factory in india mm-hmm. and that happened in hubli hubli in yeah. karnataka yes wow so their first factory was set up in I, karnataka this is a completely hubli. new stuff from me yeah so i don't know uh, like like what uh, factory was it i am not Textiles sure like factory? it'll be you know factory just means you know they can they they'll be able to like manufacture things mostly textiles and then even like spices and everything they'll store there mm. so uh, yeah a lot of other things i don't know whether i should be happy or be like little angry about it but yeah they set up their first factory in uh, hubli they basically took advantage of the internal conflicts all the mm. uh, princely states were having and also like the external conflicts like when marathas were fighting with the mughals, mughals yeah. and then south uh, indian rulers were like fighting with the north indian ones you know is all that, these things was this the time of chera chola and pandya kings or yeah they is... they were all there okay. they were all there in south india and it took another uh, 30 odd years for them to like set up their first fort and this was almost the time when bangalore was formed right yeah so uh, i think kempegowda who was a military ruler yeah. uh, based in i think yalanka side at this was a time when bangalore was also formed interesting yeah so they started setting up their first fort in 1696 and in 1698 they bribed the mughal officials uh, to give them zamindari rights on three villages so one of the village was kolkata back then kolkata was a village it was called kaligat i think, I think so yeah right? because it was it has it had to do with uh, kali goddess kali and the place was called kaligat before it became kolkata which is obviously an anglicized name right is damodar and hugli the same river i have no idea okay <laughs> maybe I, i should google yeah it. this is not my my you know <laughs> strong side when it comes to you know knowledge so the mughals were ruled by aurangzeb back then he died in 1707 yeah he was one of the last powerful u- rulers of mughal empire right yeah even though the mughal empire uh, were apparently there till like the mid, mid I think the last one was Bahadur Shah 18 or something 1858 yeah. yes Bahadur Shah was the last yeah, one he Bahadur was Shah. he was a prisoner of british too yeah but they were not really powerful so aurangzeb was the last powerful mughal ruler but uh, the british again persuaded they manipulated aurangzeb to give a farman farman is basically like a charter you know okay it's a it's a written contract okay i thought it was that uh, he, he used to collect spe- separate tax from hindus at that time right yeah yeah mm-hmm. things were there like that uh, so a farman like is a, is a royal order providing permission to trade okay mm-hmm. and uh, the the condition in this farman which aurangzeb gave to british was that they can do duty free trading in bengal which would result in a huge loss for the state of bengal so uh, so bengal was under moguls at that time 
company so uh, what they used to do is like they'll collect taxes and stuff they'll get gifts from you know the mm. rulers who are here they'll uh, you know uh, smuggle it through uh, as we said in earlier episodes the danish used to be the one who used to help them do the yeah. uh, smuggling part so that also added to the troubles of bengal because they were not able to like pay like provide for what these guys are asking so they didn't have to like pay taxes that's one thing and over that uh, the the people the farmers in bengal they were like made to do overwork and then you know they never used to get paid enough for their uh, produce it led to a lot of unrest in the state especially after uh, aurangzeb's death the nawab of uh, bengal he was pretty much uh, not fine with what the britishers were doing so there were like many nawabs who ruled bengal but uh, the three main ones were murshid khuli khan who ruled from 1717 to 1720 then alwardi khan from 1740 to 1756 and yeah. sirajuddaula Siraj, who from, is the hero of uh, the battle right of plassey who Siraj, Siraj, yeah 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 from uh, 1756 to 1757 he just ruled for one year murshid khali khan started uh, you know revolting against the british because they were uh, leaving a lot of taxes from the farmers but they were not providing anything to the nawabs to run so, the so state so to clarify i think nawabs are more like um, governors of that particular state who finally report to the mughal emperor right that i'm not sure yes, how I think, it works i, I, it, it, it I think that's that how it is so yeah. mughals have the entire control over most of india and each of india is divided into these kind of small small areas like bangal and all that where they have um, nawabs or as they were called at that time who were like more like governors they were governing over this entire land they were responsible for government all the government related activities collecting taxes and all and those went back to the mughal empire and these uh, nawabs used to report to the mughal emperor that's how the hierarchy yeah is. the same kind of thing happens once uh, british takes administration mm. of the whole country at least like the uh, yeah. bengal province but so we'll Mir talk Jafar about it becomes yeah, the governor puppet, go- yeah. puppet yeah. nawab yeah. so that we'll talk about in the next episode mm-hmm. when we talk more about robert clive and um, yeah. you know his his policies of ruling the, of ruling the colony yes there is a lot so murshid khuli khan as i said started revolting against these guys but the issue was that even though they were like fighting against uh, british they also had internal and other external conflicts the marathas were fighting with alwardi khan mm. so they had you know issues from both fronts yeah marathas were expanding out of maharashtra area you know towards north like yeah. bihar and uh, yeah uh, and they had a lot of issues with mughals right mm, yeah so the the internal conflicts the divide and rule thing started even back then even though it was prominently put forth by robert clive so the british they just didn't care they didn't pay taxes they went on and extended their fortification and they even wrote like disrespectful letters to these nawabs it seems <laughs> which actually uh, made these guys fume of course right. 
in return they were giving reasons like you know the nawabs were not letting them trade properly they were actually leaving taxes from them even though they had the farman uh, <laughs> saying that uh, you know they don't have to pay taxes so the issues between nawab siraj daula and the britishers when i mention britishers in this context it's the british east india company throughout this episode it means the british east india company it reached its peak uh when the britishers they started fortifying fort william why would they not fortify if it's called fort right that's one <laughs> okay let's <laughs> <laughs> that's that's <true. laughs> that's a that's a good point right that so right. the nawab was uh, you know infuriated but by, by this incident so he took the help of the french and he captured the fort <laughs> french <laughs> good choice yeah <laughs> then he arrested once for arrested i wouldn't say arrested he captured 146 british officials from there and he put them in a room which can hold 25 people for 3 days that was a black hole or something right black hole incident so out of this 146 uh, people 123 died and this is the reason why the battle of plassey happened mm-hmm. that was like the final nail in coffin for them You know this Plassey was anglicized name of Palashi so it is actually battle of Palashi. Oh that's new to me I had no yeah. idea. Actually all the names that we know of these days it's actually all anglicized right? Yeah most of them have been converted back like for example if you look at Kerala if you start from top uh, Kasaragod I think was Kasaragod itself Kannur was called Kannanur. I mean <laughs> I feel it's more easy to pronounce Kannur right? Yeah. Then Talasheri was Telicheri Calicut Calicut uh, is better than Calicut yeah, I mean I it might that might have been a little more easier yeah. Trishur was Trichur I don't see that much of a difference Kodungallur was called Krangannur Krangannur yeah okay I mean you can go on and on like there are hundreds of places in Kerala itself Cape Comrin Kanyakumari hmm Calcutta now it's Kolkata yeah Mumbai uh, Mumbai yeah Chennai I think Delhi is only place which is uh, still called Delhi I don't yeah. know it might become Delhi soon Anyway, so coming back to the Battle of Plassey, the Battle of Plassey holds a lot of significance because this is the war. We can call it a war, right? It is a uh, it is a, a part of the war, yeah, which raged for next two hundred years. Almost. Yeah, so the Battle of Plassey is a major turning point for the Britishers because it instilled a spirit of a winning spirit in them because uh, they till then they didn't know that they could actually you know win a war. win a battle against uh, any of the princely states of provin or provinces in india it, it was actually a almost impossible task because siraj daula had uh, an army of 50000 uh, soldiers yeah and With on the other from side and yeah that. and on the other side uh, robert clive had only 3000 yes. but the thing was like they got some internal help in the form of mirza for the commander in chief of siraj daula who has to plot right yeah he has <laughs> to plot with uh, robert clive saying that you know i'll help you uh, win against uh, siraj daula but you'll have to make me the nawab of bengal and although when we say that we he had 50000 st- uh, you know strong army right uh, about 15000 of them were under mir jafar so you can practically say that they did not exist because you know he was the one who asked them to defect or something yeah so basically the thing was like uh, out of the 50000 15000 is gone 35000 mm. is left but then uh, when you get a surprise attack yeah. from 15000 troops right right that has its own uh, you know difference so uh, nawab was defeated he fled in his camel 
but uh, he was later chased by mir jafar and assassinated so by the end of the battle of plassey mir jafar was crowned the nawab and the company had total control over bengal so yeah that resulted that is like the first nail in the coffin when it comes to the british rule in india and mm. them looting the whole i remember uh, this country. battle of plassey is something that i clearly remember from my uh, history class from school time it was considered to be that entry point of british rule in india and even uh, the book that we have the childcraft world book series right it has the indian history in that this one is very prominently uh, portrayed as being one of the turning points in colonization of india well but that rests on the backs of uh, you know a, a traitor yeah that is how they won the war it was not a fair battle to be honest yeah it is said to be the first instance in uh, modern indian history where uh, this traitor ship what is it called be- backstabbing yeah <laughs> uh, happened yeah <laughs> yeah if you have watched game of thrones you would have seen a lot of such things but in real yeah. li- real hi- world history the uh, the the stories are even more uh, weird right yeah. for example this one yeah so Uh, I think we're going to stop here with the Battle of Plassey and uh, continue with uh, Robert Clive in the next uh, episode. Robert Clive and all the also the other uh, Governor Generals. So till then, the Governor General post was not there. So only after this, India gets uh, its own Governor General. The first one being uh, Robert Clive. So next episode, we'll talk about them and their policies, which led to. The incessant looting of the colony and uh, turning it into. what it is right now yeah yeah what it or at least what it was during independence yeah yeah so uh, we have come a long way from there we should get shashi tharoor and so that he can talk about <laughs> it hopefully <laughs> we'll better do some research yeah. if we are calling him in. okay all right thank you so much so that is battle of uh, palashi for you